Are you searching for the perfect gift? Or do you just need a unique statement piece for yourself? Well, either way, Denia Jour help you out. What you need is the S4S jewelry collection by Denia Designs for you. S4S stands for strictly for a stage. Stand out at your next photo or video shoot. Snag that magazine cover. Go from being a part-time extra to an actor or actress who stays booked. Or just be the talk of the town at every event. The Naya Design for You jewelry is handcrafted and Chicago made for men, women, and children. To start your collection, simply go to www.denayaazure.com. That's www.denayaazure.com. That's www.d-a-n-a-y-a-a-z-u-r-e-dot-c-o-m. Next Legacy. Do you love American music? Have you ever heard of The Turkey Fought Back? Twerking with a twang, or a song about us. Denia Azure Radio is now sponsored by UncleRyanO.com. You can check out all of these incredible international hits and grab some phenomenal merch at www.UncleRyanO.com. They have gear for the entire family t shirts. Hoodies, koozies, travel mugs, mouse pads, and so much more. That's www.unclerino.com. Tell them Denial is your sent you. Next legacy. Yeah, um, I just felt like I needed to try to make a difference in someone else's life. And I became very driven by that purpose. And I'm doing it now. Right. Exactly. You know, and that, and that's what's so important is to be able to help someone else and to help them to achieve their dreams and help, and help them to feel better. Because I think, um, I think my biggest question is, you know, what is it when it comes to the African American community and, and like the stigma of, mental health like why do we why do we choose to wait so long to get help like why why do we have why do we have this misconception that it's a bad thing to get help if we're having issues oh i think it i think it starts with what we've been taught in our home true i mean if you think about what you've been taught in your house i mean you know in my house it was this is family business family business stays here true and you don't discuss <laughs> what I do and what happens with us outside of this address. That, that is very true. You know, I think a lot of people um, have that have that same concept. But then but then what it does is that it, it makes it harder for people to be able to thrive and to be able to kind of figure out what's going on because they because they feel like they can't go to anyone. You know what I mean? Because you can't well, go outside the address that. and what's going on in this, in this address and like where can you go to, for help? It's almost like a grown-up, matured mind mantra. 
that you're giving a child, right? Right. So when you instill in children what you discuss here stays here and what happens here stays here, right? They globalize that idea, right? And they make it pertain to everything. Absolutely. So this is also why you have black people not reporting their sexual abuse, physical abuse mm. inside inside the home, outside the home, because the mantra has been adopted for so long that it becomes second nature to be quiet about things. Yes, definitely. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, because a lot of people have the, the misconception that it's, it's not important, right? It's not it's not about you. It's, you know, and it's the whole thing of, you know, whatever happened in this house stays in this house. There's no way to heal that way. If the whole thing is just like, okay, you know, you just wh- whatever's going on here, that's what stays here. There's no way to be able, to, well, one, to be yourself. Because you feel like you have to hide, right? If you're having issues at home, you feel like you have to hide there, and then you and then you kind of hide from the world, and you get to a point where you're just overwhelmed and you don't know what to do. You know, in my personal opinion, you can never be your true self in this world unless you reveal who your true self is. Absolutely. And our true selves are made up of experience. Yes. Yes. And if we are sifting through our experiences in order to reveal parts of ourselves that still doesn't add up to our truth. Absolutely. You know, and and I think another issue that that we have is that well, especially now like we we express we expressed our frustrations and emotions through dance and art. These kids can't do that mm-hmm. in school anymore. They can't heck, heck, most of them can't even have recess. You know, so I I I know you work a lot with kids, so like what what do you think um what do you think that that has done to their mental capacity that now they can't even express themselves the way that we were able to? Well, I think it just, as far as what it does to them, um, every person is different. Right. And every child is different. And honestly, you may not see the product of what childhood issues, behaviors, and routines have done to a person until they're grown. Exactly. Okay, because children suppress by nature because out of fear and intimidation of adults. Is that not true? That is very true. And that's right, right because the whole because the whole thing that I know that we were that we were taught was children are to be seen and not heard. So right. <laughs> you know, stay staying a child's fates and all those things and so when you have those kinds of conversations, hey DeLorean, oh my goodness, I haven't seen that in a minute. Um, so when you have those kinds of things <laughs> where uh, where you are told or, or or you feel like your opinion doesn't matter you stop talking you kind of fall back you kind of just like you kind of just let everything go and so when something happens at school you're not comfortable enough to say something um at home i think now well, I we think, go ahead yeah no i was gonna say you know piggybacking off what you're saying that's totally true and then you add the element that adults have the jurisdiction to enforce punishment and consequence. Yes. So, yes. So their upbringing and what they've been taught runs through their head, and then the potential consequences and the risks. Absolutely. Outweigh in most circumstances uh, whatever they're trying to achieve by confessing this information. So they right. can determine ultimately. I don't want to hurt my family. I don't want to hurt myself. I'll be quiet. Yeah. Right. You know, and and I think that's where a lot of the issues start is that the kids are so scared about hurting the family, 
breaking up the family. So if something's going on within the family, they don't want to say anything because they don't want to be the cause of something of something happening. Even though at, m at most times when it comes to that point, something should <laughs> happen with that situation because it's not healthy for anyone. But they don't want to take that burden of being of being that cause because they don't want to have other situation where they think that uh, you know it's all their fault. You know what I mean? And th and that's sad you know, that people it, even have it, that issue. No, I totally agree. I, and I feel that kids are watching their parents. Absolutely. Like parents are watching their kids and observing. Your kids are watching you. Yes. They know when you overreact to things. They watch to see how you respond to certain things they report to you. Yes. And if your child doesn't ultimately feel comfortable coming home talking about their day in school, what on earth makes you think they would come to you and let you know if something happened to them mm. beyond their control? I mean, let's be clear about it. A lot of us had mothers or fathers. We weren't comfortable telling them certain things about the school day. Yes. If you cannot even get your child to communicate how you feel about the school day. Yes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah. It, I think the viewers kind of need to think about that in terms of what kind of relationship they have with their kids. Absolutely. Um, my son will tell me anything. Even things he did wrong, he'll come out and confess. <laughs> wow. I like that about him. I used wow. to think it was so crazy silly, but I love it about him. It's a good trait. It is a very good trait. He is such yes. he's such he an amazing kid. Fearful, oh my god. Yeah, he doesn't show it. He doesn't show it. You know, and and I think and cuz I know the biggest thing that I've seen this uh not not just this year, but like even more this past year has been the the suicide of of, of young black children and you know, and I I have said it before and I'll say it again, is that I just can't understand how a parent wouldn't see some type of a sign that something was wrong before that happened. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see that the kid retract, um, the kid just being normal and all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they commit a suicide. Like, there's got to be some sign, something somewhere that, that someone missed. And I guess the question is, like, what, what would you say for parents to look out for when it comes to that? Like, if you think your kid might be depressed, you think it's more the fact of, like, of just kind of watching the body language. Like, like what are the best things for parents to look out for when it comes to being suicidal? Okay, so I have to break this down because I can't just answer the direct I got you. what to look for in kids that might be suicidal. Right. Mostly, I would have to first deal with depression. Because, as, as uh, Uncle Cliff used to say, our uncle, um, nothing happens immediately. Yes. Everything happens over time. Yes. Right? So you don't just jump up and decide to commit suicide when everything is great. There is a matter of time that has transpired and events that have transpired leading up to that event. Absolutely. So I could more so give a little bit of noise to the ideas of what to look for or when you're talking about depression. Right. So with kids specifically, that's what we're talking about, right? Yes. Okay, so with children, uh, we've discussed on our show, Damien and I, that when you're dealing with kids, it can look various ways. I mean, you can have the kid that has great grades and always does very well. In that child's mind, they could be overcompensating for whatever turmoil they have going on in their head. Okay. So that kid is never going to disappoint you outward. Mm. Then you've got the opposite of a kid who has changed their peer circle. They may have changed the way they dress. 
their attitude towards you in around the house may be more hostile. Right. And they may be losing sleep. All of those are signs of depression and change in routine and mental health dynamics. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Okay. So if you have all that, you can have a child who is moving towards depression with all those interrupted social patterns and patterns of uh, daily functioning. That's what you look for, changes in daily functioning patterns. Right. That's an overall general concept, the changes in daily functioning patterns, whether it's eating, sleeping, or the way they interact with people. Um, but you really got to know your kids. And then you've got the kids who are so pristine and perfect in school and at home that you'll never know what they're thinking because they don't want you to know. So with the idea of trying to keep you from pushing or digging, they will continue to outwardly show this perfect persona. Right. So the answer is, I don't believe you ever really truly know mm. what is in the mind of anyone. However, you've got to know your kids so well and you've got to communicate so openly with your kids nowadays to know who they're talking to, what those people are talking about, right? who they're spending time with, who their parents are. Right. And you need to be unpredictable in your child's life, right? Because the more predictable the parent is, the more leeway the child has to establish the routine of how they're going to behave and to know what to expect from their parents to maneuver around it. Definitely. Yeah, and, and that you know, and, and that's what's so important is that you you have to have that relationship with that child in order to be able to really um, to help them and have that trust throughout uh, throughout the, throughout throughout their adulthood, um, especially because those relationships are built so early. The reason that Karana is comfortable, with, you know, to, uh, talking to you now is because you were. Um, you, you've been by his side for so right. long through everything, and you gave him, and you made it comfortable for him to tell you when he did something wrong. A lot of people don't do that, right. and that's where the problem comes in. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah, I think if it's, it's more of an open dialogue, um, not just what happened today or how was your day, but hey, tell me about your friend such and such. What's going on with her? Right. Tell me how your teacher was acting today in class. Was she nice to you? Was she not so nice? If you start asking direct questions, right. you may get direct answers. But most of us parents don't do that. Right. They don't. A lot of, now, a lot of parents don't over. do that. Right. You know, I think a lot of parents don't do that because they, they have a misconception of... Um, I don't want to say how smart the child is, but they have a misconception of what the child is capable of. And they think that the kids don't understand things early. And so they, they'll talk to, they'll talk to them, not, they'll talk to them differently. Um, and they won't explain things enough. So the kids are just thinking like, wait, what do you mean? But, but they, but kids can comprehend more than people think they can. I think that that's the best way to say it. Kids can comprehend a lot more than people think they can at a very young age. And so when they're talking to them, like they're babies, when they're like five and six, they understand what's going on. They understand 
the issues that you know that that's going on in the household they might not say anything but they understand it and that's the misconception right. there as well you know and, and it's, you know, I'd like to ask my son how he feels about things yes yeah because it provides him with a routine now of what my mom expects to hear about and things that I can talk to her about right so even when I discipline him, I ask him how he feels afterwards. Oh, really? That's different. Yeah, That's very different, he actually. He can tell me that he's angry, and he can tell me um, I'm upset and I don't feel like I should be in trouble. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I talk to him about why he's in trouble. See, that's a totally different situation when you're talking to, um, to your your kids and telling them like and telling them why you know this is why you're in trouble and they like and if they say well i don't feel like i should be in trouble that's a different that's a different approach i've never heard that one before well, i don't feel like i should be getting a spanking well wait a second well obviously you wait do something to be clear i discipline my son you know, but every kid is different right and doesn't require a lot of uh aggressive discipline he doesn't i can look at him the wrong way and his feelings will be hurt Oh. He knows that he has disappointed me. Right. I can tell him, you need to go to your room and think about it. And he's one of those kids, he's not even scared to come out of his room. He'll come out of his room when he's ready, and he'll come tell me, this is what I did, and I shouldn't have done that, and I'm sorry. Right. And when I accept his apology, or before I do, I ask him, how does he feel about how I responded? And he has never told me, that he didn't like the way I responded. He has always told me he understands because he did something first to prompt my response. And as long as he understands my mom's trying to help me and not hurt me, right? then I have done my job. That, you know, and that is what is so important. You got, I was talking about discipline when it comes to kids and when the kid, child can understand that mom is trying to help me not hurt me that is what is so incredibly important because a lot of people don't think about that a lot of people are just are just so you know just just want to be be the be the or uh, authoritarian over the child and you're just going to do what i say and, that, and and that's it and not really explain what's going on and so when it comes to the the kid getting you know getting in trouble in school and knowing that it wasn't their fault they don't know how to say anything. Like, you know, I, the good thing that I, I think the great thing we had with our parents was that our parents would go, would go up to school. Like, there was no question. My mom, I was the very first incident uh, that I can remember that we had, she, had to, she had to come up there was when I was in second grade. My teacher decided, my art teacher decided, I tried to paint, to, I was trying to, uh, I, made my, I made my pilgrim black. And my teacher told me that there were no black pilgrims. Now, you know Nazare. <laughs> oh, I know your mother went crazy. That didn't go very well. <laughs> so when she, when this lady had the audacity to say that there were no black pilgrims, I come home and mom's like, um, well, so what happened was when the Mayflower came over, we were kind of in the bottom of the ship and I was, so I get to have a slavery lesson at eight years old. Oh, she was livid. So she goes up to the school, she talks to the teacher, she talks to the principal, and she told the principal, and I quote, my daughter will never look at your white face the same again. 
that's what <laughs> and that's what I knew that if I had an issue with the school I could call mom and there would be no question she would go up there and you know and say something it wasn't like it wasn't a situation where I had to like kind of just sit there and, and and suffer in silence because no one would stick up for me you know what I'm saying and, and you know and and I and, and was the same way you know and so I think because we were blessed to have to, to be in a family where our parents would say something, but so many people are in a family where they won't. You know, when it comes to bullying, I, the biggest thing, the, the, the issues that I had was the fact that, I've you know, you know, I've been taught since forever. So, like, because of that, yeah. I had a bigger issue because it, it always got put back on me. It was always be the bigger person. I'm like, well, I'm, I was, at the time it was, like, 5'10 or whatever. I just had a growth spurt. Right. And people were just like, well, you're the bigger person. I'm just like, but they're but, – I'm the one getting bothered. I'm confused on how this works. Or th- a lot of times they were older. The one time where they couldn't call my mother because they totally screwed up was when I was in first grade and I had there was these little group of boys that were bothering my friends. All my friends were always shorter than me. So these are third grade boys harassing these little girls. Right. And nobody would do anything about it. So I slammed the boy up against the fence and ripped their shirt. You couldn't call my mother because then you had to explain how many times that came. To, I went to the teachers and on the playground on multiple occasions and said this is the issue. Nobody would fix the issue, so I fixed the issue. So what what can you say that? What can you say to Nazri then? What, try to explain that. Try to explain that you have allowed nine-year-old boys to, to torment seven-year-old girls and my seven-year-old daughter snapped on them. How do you explain this <laughs> to Nazri? It's just not even possible. It doesn't make sense. You know, but, uh, but again, yeah. the reason that, that that happened is because there are too many teachers that they're all they're responsible always be oh they're just playing around oh kids will be kids boys will be boys especially you know and so i'm i'm glad that you are raising your son to not have to not be that kind of a person you know there's always this misconception i think what happens now is that when we remember when we were kids like you know if a boy was hitting you or whatever it was always the oh he likes you situation so what that has now mm-hmm. developed into is all these teenage girls that are getting be- beat on by their boyfriends and they're claiming that they love them because they were taught at five years old that if a boy hits you, then he likes you. Th- people don't see where this comes in. People don't see where the issue is with the situation, right? And, and, and it's sad. Because now we, you know, now we have grown women that are, that are saying the same thing. Oh, he, he hits me because he loves me. But that was because you had this in your brain as a child that this behavior was okay. And when you have that kind of a mentality constantly, that's where the issues come in. That's where the, that's where the, the self-doubt comes in. That's where the, um, the, the feelings of hurt and, and fear and anxiety come in. Because you've been taught that it is okay for someone to put their hands on you. Mom was mom. Mom was so direct. I think I was watching. It might have been more when I was like nine years old, and I was um, and I was watching the, the teenage girls, you know, that that were in abusive relationships. And mom was very very direct. She said, if a guy ever hits you, make sure that's the last thing they hit, and do not let them sleep. And I have and I heard this at nine, so I've taken this forever, and I've never had an issue with that. I've had friends that have issues with that, but I I never have because of that. That always stuck in my mind, you know. And I think we and that's what we need to to teach these young girls, you know, is that it is not okay for a guy to put their hands on you. That does not mean they like you. That does not mean they love you. That does not mean they care. It means they're controlling and they can kill you. <laughs> that's what it means. 
you know, and oh, I, yeah. you know, and and like I said, and, and my biggest thing is like, how are you 16 under your parents' roof and you getting beat by your boyfriend? I'm confused on how that dynamic works, <laughs> how the parent didn't snap out. Like I, I'm not understanding, you know. But a lot of times, what happens, especially when it comes to these athletes, is that you know the um, the athletes have so much power when it comes to school that it doesn't matter what happens, right? So they can do whatever, and as long as the team is winning, the school doesn't care. So it's up to the parents okay. to kind of, you know, to kind of pull out, because that's the issue that I had when I was in school. The boys would bother me because they were jocks or whatever, so they're like, oh, you know, don't worry about mm-hmm. it. It's no big deal, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, but this is not going to end well. <laughs> and it didn't, you know, mm-hmm. but um, but but that that's the whole thing is that there's this misconception that it's okay. If you're a jack, it's okay for you to have an anger issue <laughs> because that's just how it works, you know? And and the girls just kind of had to fall back. You know, that's why a lot of a lot of cheerleaders, especially even now like with the, with the major teams, are having those issues with the guys that they can't say anything because these guys are big stars and yada, yada, yada. And so it's, and so they go through all of this, but they won't, they, they stay silent because they're afraid because they feel they have no voice. Well, I think a lot of that, too, has to do with what parents are teaching their kids as far as when it's okay to be angry uh, and how to express it. Right. I mean, I don't think a parent is anyone to tell a child they can't be angry or they shouldn't feel what they feel, but there are ways to guide a child through responses to anger. Yes. Right? So just an example, when I see my kid getting angry... I mean, at his age, he's 10. So in his mind, he wants to ball up his fist and grunt. Wow. Grunt his teeth together and grunt under his breath. But when I see him starting it, I bring his physical changes to his attention. And I say, wait a minute. Before you do anything that you're going to regret, think about your hands and what your hands are doing. Think about the way your face is looking at mommy right now. Wow. And you need to stop what you're doing and sit down. And my son will stop and process. Wow. He will stop, think about consequences. He will think about what will happen if he opens his mouth. <laughs> right, right. And I'm teaching him, it's okay to feel what you feel, but you will be careful on how you respond to me because there will be an immediate consequence if you cross the boundary. Right. And I think it's my way of doing him a service. I mean, I think it's a disservice not bringing it to his attention. He's too young to just think about the way his body is changing when he's angry. Absolutely. But I'm telling him, look, you're going to ball your fists up, you're going to stomp up those stairs, and you'll be in your room for another hour. Mm. But if you stop and think about what you're doing, and you take the time out on your own merit, then we can discuss it in a few minutes. And there won't be any major problem. Right. You know, and and that's just what it is. It, it's so it's it's good that you're teaching him this now because you know when he gets to that point where he's you know in a situation um, where he feels like he's getting angry, he can think about that. You know, it's it's important to instill these things into these kids now. It's important to instill the what um, instill the the actions that you need to do to combat your anger the actions that you need to do to calm down instill that in kids early so that they can get through life without having 
serious anger management issues, you know, and I think because a lot of kids are having anger management issues now because I think well, what I've seen is a lot of parents that just yell at children. I'm like, this kid's like two. They don't understand what you're talking about. All they understand is the, your actions. They understand the angry language. They don't understand what you're saying, but they understand that you're mad. And so now they're associating that with them being bad because you keep on telling them that they're bad, even though they are two and trying to figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, wh- what would be your advice to to someone that thinks that their child might have a behavioral problem when they're around like three or four? What, what would be the best advice in terms of how to help them heal? Or, you know, or is it, is it time for them to see a therapist that younger? What's the best? No. Okay. Um, most therapists might not even see your kid under five. Oh, okay. Because most habits that are developed are as a result of lack of structure in the home, to be honest. I mean, I see this all the time, and it's quite frustrating as a therapist to have a parent run to you complaining about their child's behavior, and the child is under five. I mean, my immediate thought is, why is the inmate running the asylum? Mm. You are the parent. Right. So whatever habits your child has developed behaviorally is a direct result of something lacking in the parenting department. Absolutely. And that's really what I believe, okay? Because... We are all creatures of mostly learned behaviors. And that starts at a very young age when they can absorb things. If your child is running around yelling and hitting, they did not learn it because they woke up one morning thinking about hitting and yelling. Absolutely. They absorbed it from somewhere. Yes. If it's the daycare environment, take them out of it. Mm. If it's you, stop doing it. Stop showing them the things that you don't want them to show you. Right. If you're yelling at them, they're going to start yelling. Yes. They might not yell at you, but they will display the same behavior somewhere else. You know, there was a video I saw of a little girl in preschool. I'm sure you saw it. And it was circling Instagram and social media. And the little girl was telling her daycare worker what she was and wasn't going to do. Oh, yeah. How she had her job what she would be doing differently <laughs> and everybody laughed at it and thought it was the funniest thing but it's not because it, oh my gosh it's a mess now let me tell you something from the mental health standpoint it triggered me as a therapist mm. i got really irritated i have an issue with parents who constantly videotape their children doing negative things yes and then want to complain that their child has a discipline problem yes that child is being taught that negative behaviors are encouraged because mommy thinks it's entertaining. Yes. Yeah. Oh my. Let's just throw it out there. Yes. Let's throw it out there. Let's make some people upset. People are going to be uncomfortable, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> they'll be, they'll be okay. They will be all right. Mm-hmm. They sure will. Well, they'll get over it. But this is what they're doing to their kids. Yes. They are instilling to their kids whatever you're doing. I don't like it, but I'm still going to videotape it because it entertains me and other people. Ooh, wait, see, people don't understand. You better freeze. Then they put their own (laughs) entertainment above their child's um, behaviors. Yes, absolutely. That's, and that is what is, Hey Shana, how are you? So like, you know, and that's what people don't understand. Like I'm still for the life of me. What um that little kid whatever little tail whatever that situation was such a nightmare 
on so many different levels because I'm, I'm just thinking, one, if this is a black girl, they would, they would have shut this down a long time ago. But my biggest thing was the fact of you're, you're teaching this child to be disrespectful. You're teaching this child to... Uh, to flaunt, you know, to flaunt the wealth that you claim and that you have. You're teaching this child to be rude to adults, and you think that it's okay, and you're, you know, and you're constantly doing this, and you, and this is a form of abuse, you know. And the problem was the fact that, you know, that people were sharing it like, oh, this is funny. This is not funny. This is sad. This is disgusting. Somebody needs to call CPS. Like, what are you doing to this child? But like I said, there were so many parents that out that are out here that that do it. Do it for the gram, do it for the likes, you know, do it for the shares, whatever. And you're sitting there, and, and this is detrimental to your child because now their kid thinks they have uh, they have no validity if they're not doing something to entertain their parents. And that is a problem, you know. And But the same thing goes, you know, when the kid, um, if the kids push too hard when it comes to, hello, hey, Nisha. Well, um, if the kids push too hard, you know, when it comes to, to the entertainment industry. If the kid doesn't want to do it and the parents are just pushing and pushing and pushing them, they're they're no longer gonna have a love for it, you know. And I I don't understand why people think that it's okay to to take the uh, vindictive behavior and disgusting behavior. It's like what people don't realize is that that kid that kid is gonna try to have a job someday. <laughs> You 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 want to keep your job, right? Like, what is your boss gonna think if they see your child out there yelling and screaming and being disrespectful? Now, let's say you were up for a, you were up for a promotion, and then your boss saw that. That could be the end of your promotion because now you can't represent the company that well because you don't know how to communicate with your own child. So, how are you going to represent the company? You know, on a national level, international level. When you can't handle your own household. Right. You know, and I think a lot of, a lot of parent, um, a lot of people that, that do that, they do it because I don't even know if they, if they think it's cute or it's more the fact that they think that it's fun because just because it's getting likes and clicks like that, that has nothing to do with the way that you are raising your child and making your child a productive citizen. All the people are going to think now is, oh my goodness, you know, what's wrong with that parent? Because they taped this. You know, I mean, it's one thing when you're when you're at an event or whatever and, you know, the kid's cutting up, you was already taping, and you happen to catch it. That's one thing. It's another thing when you deliberately do things to make sure that you're making, that your child is coming out in a bad light. And too many people are doing that on, on Facebook and Instagram, you know, uh, especially on Instagram, because just 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 to get views. And it's like, what are you? Are you so you're down there selling your child for a view? Like it, it makes no sense to me. I, I've never understood that. And and I don't think people understand the mental capacity. You know, um, like sorry, what it can do mentally yeah. to a child to go through that. Well, it's confusing. Yes. It's confusing. It's an, it's I don't an, think I've ever videotaped my child misbehaving, ever. Because to me, it's not entertaining. No. Um, I'm sorry, but, you know, the way we grew up, my mother was not entertained by my foolishness. Man. And I have no tolerance <laughs> for, for misbehavior, 
misbehavior and I have no tolerance for disobedience. And I do use the word disobedience and inappropriate in my house. Yes. I use it so much that when things come on television, my son turns to me and says, we can't watch this. It's inappropriate. Wow. And I, oh yeah. And I know a lot of 10 year olds don't do that, but I love that mine does because whether he's sincere or not, I know that he recognizes this is inappropriate. Right. And my mother does not want me watching it. Absolutely. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud that he recognizes it. It's so important that he recognizes that because when you're talking about um, the fact that your child knows what's inappropriate, that's huge. Your kid knows what well, your kid your kid knows what's inappropriate at ten. That's the perfect age because that's when all the you know it gets it gets kind of crazy and they get into they start to get into middle school very soon and you know and all those different influences come in. So if your kid knows now what's inappropriate, they're gonna know when they're in school like nah, this isn't right. I can't do this because mom said this is a bad idea, you know. So, you, like I said, that that's that's so that's so crucial when it comes to child development, you know. And I wish more parents would do that so we wouldn't have to have these issues, <laughs> you know. And it's it's sad, it's sad that we continuously have to have this conversation because people aren't paying attention, and not even nowadays people are getting paid off of their children misbehaving, and so it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. we'll deal with it later. You know, we'll go to Disney World or whatever, and we'll, and we'll deal with it on the back end. But, you know, let's get this check right now. And, you know, and, and, I, and I know that's 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 harming some kids, for real. You know, especially, right. when it comes, especially when it comes to social media, you know. And then um, there are kids that parents are doing the whole humiliation thing. And it's like, I'm like, and I get it in some senses. The ones that, like, they're aligned about their ages and all that kind of stuff, but at the same token... Parents need to think about that too, because it's like now, now your kid is known for be, has gone viral, uh, you know, because they because they lied about something. But it's more the fact of they lied about something, but then you now you've embarrassed them. Like how how was that helping the situation? <laughs> because no, your kid sending mixed signals and you're confusing your kids. Yes. So when your kids are acting up in school and they're telling you, I don't understand what I did wrong, you are the problem. Yes. So let me just send this out. Mm. Uh, parents who are videotaping your kids misbehaving, please believe that you are the problem. I surely do not want to see you in my office because it's more of you that needs the therapy. And mm. not the, the parent needs to get to the root of why they feel the need to videotape their kids. Yes. Whether that's for their own personal attention on social media or to satisfy their own uh, under the rug issues that they've never uncovered. That could lead to a whole different type of discussion. Wow. But ultimately, it's usually not the child under five-year-old that needs therapy. I would normally say it's the parent. And when a parent comes to me with a child under five that needs therapy, I often ask to meet with the parent a few weeks before I would even meet with the kid. Mm. Because I want to find out where the real issue is. Yeah. Definitely, yep. because, right, like I said, if a kid's coming to you at, like, you know, if, if a parent's coming to you and the kid's, like, three, it's like, well, wh- where were you? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> what did you not do that allowed this kid to get this far? You know, what what were you doing when the kid was one that now the kid's three and they thinks they run the house? There's something, something went wrong somewhere in those few years that you were doing. Mm-hmm. 
There's no reason your kids should be six and putting their hands on you. Like that, 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 that's unacceptable. And you have to figure out where, where a whole bunch of y'all went wrong, because obviously nobody explained to them what the roles were in this house. I can't even imagine being that young and man. <laughs> Yeah, that. Oh, these parents are looking for answers um, and anything that can relinquish them from responsibility. Mm, is that what it is? Uh, well, think about it. When parents start rushing their kids to therapy, usually something's happening that they feel like is out of their control. Very true. It's always easier to push something off on someone else than to stand up and say, I'm doing something that I can change. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and that's what's that's what people do not realize for for whatever reason that it's always something that um, that can be changed before it gets to before it gets to a critical point. There's always something that was missed. There's always something, you know, and a lot of people I think a lot of parents now the biggest issue that I've seen is that a lot of parents are trying to be their kids' friends as opposed to being a parent because they don't want their kid to get mad at them kind of situation. But that that's what it is. Like, we're, kids are going to get mad at you at some point. If your kid's not getting that's mad at you. That's a new breed of parents. <laughs> I swear. I can't. Let's, yeah, I can't even finish that statement. So the statement is just, I can't with those parents. <laughs> right. I can't. I can't help them. I will refer them. To someone else. After a certain amount of weeks of them not changing that behavior. Yep. I let them know. This will only change if you change your behaviors. And yes. if you can't do that, I understand. But I ultimately may have to refer you to someone else. Yeah. Because if the parent is not doing the work that I'm encouraging, then nothing will ever change with the kids. And often the children look to the parents to change. They do. How many times have you heard, you know, us growing up and, you know, comments are made on TV where the parent is trying to get the kid to stop doing something and then the kid goes, I mean, you still smoke. Yeah. And then the audience laughs. Yeah. The children are watching the parental behavior. Yes. And they're taking their cues on when to change from their parents. Yes. And if they have a stubborn parent, they feel like that parent has no weight in trying to get them to do anything. Because yes. they're not even upholding their end of the bargain. Absolutely, you know, and there was a there was a specific commercial that was uh that was talking about uh what was it? Uh, that was talking about the smoking specifically, and they're like, you know, how, how, where did you learn to do this? And the kid's like, you, I learned it by watching you. And the parent just kind of froze. But people don't yeah. realize, like, that that's literally what it is for the for the most part, sure. is that they grew up with it. They, they've seen it for so many years, they think that it's okay because mom's doing it. And there's always a whole, you know, do as I, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But at the same token, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily work. If again, if that's what you've grown up with, and then you get the opportunity, exactly. you, you don't think it's bad because you're like, well, mom's doing it, you know, mom's, you know, if mom's drinking heavy and whatever and, and blacked out, then you think that, that that's the cool thing to do, for you know, right. because that's what you grew up with. And now, and now, we're not saying that, you know, you can't, you can't. Have a drink once in a while, but nobody's saying that. But we're saying if you're getting blackout drunk in front of your child, your kid, trust and believe, when your kid gets gets hands on that liquor, they're gonna think that's the way to behave when it comes to drinking, and that's just not the case. But so many, so many parents, I'm sorry, so so many, uh, yeah, so many parents 
are are doing that because they, they I, I don't know if they forget they have kids or what the situation is, but they just kind of they they don't they don't focus on that. So they're just thinking about you know I'm gonna do me kind of thing. I'm like, but your kid's like six. What do you mean you're gonna do you? <laughs> How's that working out? You know that that's that's been I think one of the new things is this new parenting is like wow well, I'm gonna zoom me I'm gonna just watch whatever and they're just gonna be there but you but they don't understand what they're instilling in that child when you have that kid watching horror movies and all this kind of stuff when they're like three or four years old they're thinking what in the world you're giving your kid nightmares well, you're creating a whole nother problem for what an attitude of I'm gonna do me with a parent is uh, a parent who is dismissive to their parenting par- parenting uh, responsibility. Yes. So you're basically ultimately saying, uh, I don't care about this job, which is Oof. the most important job you have. Man. Time. So I don't get behind them. I don't support them. I don't want to hear that from a parent. And when I do, it's a red flag of I will never be able to help this child. Wow. This will enable their progress forever. So I, that is a red flag. It's a huge red flag because it doesn't make any sense. You know, and, and it's sad because we potentially, you know, have all these, um, all these young people that that are growing into dysfunctional adults because their parents didn't care enough to to learn how to treat their children. Hey, Rosie, I'm praying praying for you, Mama. You're doing some amazing work. Oh, my friends, who's a uh, Makeup artist has, you know, we've been sending out prayers to her. You know, she's doing some phenomenal things. And um, her work is, man, her work is so dope. But, you know, she's, you know, she's been having been having some issues. And we're, so we're just praying for her and and lifting our hands over her, you know. Because I think a lot of people forget that, you know, when it comes to social media, that's what it's supposed to be about. Like, there's a whole bunch of drama that's going on. But it's not supposed to be about that. It's supposed to be about networking and uplifting people. You know, and and I say it all the time. You can gain so much more with by sharing positive things, but but y'all making these negative things go viral. And what is that teaching kids? All that's teaching kids is that it's it's cool to be it, it it's cool to be crazy. It's cool it's cool to you know to uh, to harm people. It's cool to threaten people. Like that's what you're teaching children. If you are sharing all the negative things, that's the kind of attention they're gonna seek. But if you're sh- but if but if every you know if, if all the posts are you know talking about you know uplifting kids and you know what we're doing in the communities and um you know and, and how we're thriving and kids that are graduating and kids that are 12 years old and in college like that's what social media should be about how to network with those people around the world but unfortunately it's not doing that and well I believe that it's not social media's job but it's the parents' job absolutely. So- there are things on television yes. that are negative. Yes. And you cannot screen your child from all the negativity. I mean, I've tried, so I know that you cannot do that. Right, right. <laughs> um, I, I really was careful about what my son watched till a certain age. Really until, I mean, I still am very careful. He couldn't even watch SpongeBob until the last couple years. Whoa. SpongeBob yeah. is very adult in content. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. SpongeBob is very inappropriate, and so is Charlie Brown. But I grew up watching oh. Charlie Brown specials. But Charlie Brown specials are negating. They are depressing. Okay? They True. Mm, that's a, I never even thought of it like that. Yeah, because the, right, the parents oh, honey, aren't there. 
Oh, we gotta have you back, girl. We gotta have you back. Charlie Brown is a manic depressive baby. Oh, baby. Oh my God. How he's not good enough, and how he's not gonna be able to do things when he tries to take a step forward. His friends shoot him down. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, wait a minute. I know you gotta go. We about to get into this. Oh. Brown wanted to buy the little the little redhead girl some gloves for Christmas. Right. He was shot down by his friends. They ruined his confidence. <laughs> Honey, oh. Please, oh, girl. Oh, we gotta have you back, child. Girl. Yeah, and so <laughs> I had to limit what my son could watch. I said, I know you like Charlie Brown, but we had to start really talking about it. And so when the scenes would take place, I would say, listen, is this a nice thing to say? What do you think about what she said to him? Mm. How do you how do you think you would feel? If your friend said something like that to you. And so instead wow. of trying to keep him from it, I started having real conversations with him. Right. You know, they've got the one episode where Lucy has the psychiatrist booth open. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yes, I remember. I remember. Yes. Yeah. And he said, I think I'm depressed. Oh my goodness! I gotta go. I gotta go back. I forgot that one. See, well, okay, man, we definitely gotta have you back on for sure. Tell everybody they can tune into the couch. Oh, you, they can tune into the couch Mondays at two p.m. to three p.m. That's Eastern time, and you have to download the TuneIn app on your phone, and then go to Power One Hundred Four Point Four FM. And uh, we are actually gonna be playing in the next few minutes. Awesome sauce. Super, super cool. Great. So I just want to thank you so much. How about, so where can everybody find you on social media? Well, you can find me uh, on Instagram. And it's J-A-Q-U-I-C-U-R-R-I-E. And that's my handle on Instagram. And then on Facebook, we're the Couch 704. There's a group you can join in order to be brought into all of our posts and live broadcasts every Wednesday night at 6. Nice. So, yeah, so definitely tune into that. I'll be tuned in this uh, Wednesday since I'm out of school. We can talk, um, I'll jump in and talk and just have some fun on the couch because I think, you know, it's important to have these mental health conversations because that's what prevents, you know, th these kids from growing up and just having no outlet. It's actually allowing I them to talk. For sure. Exactly. All right, Miss Lady. I'm glad you had me on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Like I said, we definitely got to have you back because I'm about to get into this Charlie Brown situation. Child. Well, we need, to, we need to come back and talk about the effect of cartoons on yeah. a child's Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. We about See? Okay. I'm going to. Yeah, we definitely going. We definitely going to do this again for sure. Maybe we can do a Facebook Live, do a Facebook Live actually. Hmm, Whatever you want to do, just we'll figure it out. When you're ready. Absolutely. All right, babe. Love you to death. Okay, I love you too. Take care, mama. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Uh Next Legacy.